Welcome to the Dr. April Jasper Show, relevant conversations for business owners of today. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We appreciate being a part of your life and being invited into your day. It is such a joy to be able to help our colleagues to bring value to their patients and to help you strengthen and grow your business. Join us at optometricmanagementeducation.com where you can learn more about all of the other services we provide. We have a subscription service that you can be a part of where you can learn and teach your team from the courses that we've recorded on all of the topics that are relevant to your success. We also have consulting services. And right now, if you give us a call, schedule a call with me, I'll be happy to talk to you about what we can do to help you grow your business one-on-one. Welcome, everyone. I'm excited to be here with one of my good friends, Dr. Amanda Nanasi, and she has a practice in Pembroke Pines. Amanda, welcome. Thanks, April. I was just looking at your website before we jumped on to record today, and it's just so impressive. And I've always been just um, inspired by you. I think that's the right word. And, And the reason I think is because even with all that's going on in your life, just like all of us, you continue to smile. And you're always looking for new ways to bring value to your patients. So I just want you to know that as we get started. Oh, thanks so much, April. I gotta, I gotta say a lot of the things that I do at the practice are because I, I got ideas that I learned from you. So, so thanks for uh, your contribution to anything we're doing over here. Absolutely. So as we get started, I thought what we could do is just get started with you telling us a little bit about your practice. I kind of mentioned some and people can go to the website and see more, but tell us how was 2022? Tell us how many doctors you have in the practice. I'll let you get started. Yes, so we have a six doctor private practice. Um, We have had some new faces come to our practice over the last couple of years. Dr. Semmel, Arnie Semmel, a lot of you maybe uh, know that he retired. So we were lucky enough to bring on Dr. Sydney Madrigal, who was uh, from UAB and trained at Bascom Palmer. And she is just great with patients and um, really, really good with all things ocular disease and dry eye. Um, and then we have, like I said, a total of six doctors and we really over the last couple of years have tried to, uh, do things a little bit differently where instead of just saying we all do primary care and we're all kind of experts in everything, we've really divided and conquered. So I have my sports vision and concussion, and I'm still doing some vision therapy, vision training. I have doctors that specialize in myopia control. I have two doctors that do hard to fit specialty contacts. I have three doctors that manage our dry eye clinic um, because we have so many different uh, pieces of equipment and technology and devices. But, you know, we ran into that that area that a lot of doctors do, I think, when it's almost too much if you don't know the way to, to divvy it out and you don't want to throw too much at every patient. So it kind of allows us to do referrals within the practice and really maximize the amount of care that we can give to our patients. That's great. So as you have, and actually go back to the, when you joined the practice, Amanda, how long ago was that? And you're a partner in the practice. It was like 35 years ago. No, it was uh, <laughs> it's like 12 years ago, but it feels like a long time. Um, and I started as an associate and was actually brought into the practice after doing an internship here as a student. And I've been a partner for 
I guess it's probably been five years now. And although I, I dabbled in the practice management, you know, coming up as an associate, really taking over, you know, with, with Bob and running the practice has definitely been the most challenging of all the the things that we do as optometrists. It's the, it's the hiring new staff, it's the training staff and mitigating when there are problems in the office and patient flow and all that's the, the big challenge. When you actually are just sitting in the room with a patient, time flies and you love what you do. It's just a matter of making everything run when you're not there looking over everybody, you know. <laughs> So is the practice still growing without giving us numbers? Do you still see growth? Is that still possible in this day and age? Yes, but in, in not the way that I would expect. We're not seeing, well, you know, of course, when COVID happened, everything changed, right? And our numbers went dramatically down and then they slowly went up. Uh, but now they've, they've kind of plateaued with still more room to bring in more patients. But in general, I would say that we see less patients than we used to but we are just as profitable, if not sometimes a little bit more profitable. And it's hard to say exactly what the magic is that makes that happen. I think it's a combination of things. Uh, I do appreciate that we have new things that we can offer to the patient to, to give that better care. It's been a shift in our doctors fitting more daily disposable contacts and offering more contacts and just offering all of these other services that we didn't have that really brings up that revenue per patient but it doesn't feel like we're just trying to sell them more things. It feels like we're just addressing all their chief complaints and their concerns more effectively and they're happier for it. You know, you and I have talked before about contact lenses, and I think that both of us have agreed that that has been a big area of growth for our practices. The challenge I think for us has always been, and us by us, I mean, in my practice, is helping patients to see how wonderful contact lenses can be and helping them to understand why they should really consider that. What do you guys do to help increase the number of patients that are in contact lenses? Maybe not necessarily bringing in new patients, but mm -hmm. the patients that you already have, helping them to understand how awesome contact lenses are. Bringing it up is the easiest yeah. thing to change, right? And I totally took from you years ago when we lectured, um, you said that you would have the technician ask while they were cleaning the phoropter if there's ever a time that you didn't wanna have to wear your glasses. Um, and the doctors are trying to do that ourselves in the lane. And each time we look at a patient, you know, try to try to take a little bit of a clean slate approach because it's really easy to right. get in the, the, I've seen this patient for years, they can't possibly be interested, but just bringing it up and being able to offer the, you're not either a glasses or a contact lens patient, but you could be both, you know? And it really, I was surprised how many patients said, I didn't know that I could wear them and I would feel so bad, you know, but, but then, but then you fix it, you know? Yep. What about sports vision? So I've heard you speak on that and thank you so much for sharing all of your tips and wisdom there. I don't think it's for everybody, but uh, obviously it's been something that's been near and dear to your heart. So tell us a little bit about how you got started there. Um, I got started very much the old school way of thinking about sports vision, where I was like sports vision training and enhancing eye hand coordination. And um, my friend Kathy Weiss says, you know, that people think of sports vision and they picture, picture like whack-a-mole, you know, like somebody doing a Wayne Stichatic fixator. But I'll tell you that over the years, my thoughts have changed and my approach to talking to other docs have 
has changed. And I think that we really need to, to kind of embrace the idea of sports medicine optometry, um, because you don't just have to do vision training and vision therapy. Um, you can do so much for your local team. If you go in and say, I don't know if you're aware, but there are not only improvements in performance by just having a basic eye exam for a lot of these kids that see great out of one eye, but not the other, and they don't realize it, but also um, improvements in safety as far as if someone doesn't see well on both sides, they're more likely to get hit on one side. And I bet there are times that you had somebody show up to practice with a red eye and you're like, oh, can they go in the locker room? I'm not sure. I'm here for you to do that. And most of these kids might have a vision plan that's that's covered and, and partner with them in that way first. Like just do your eye doctor thing with them. And then if you say, man, this is awesome. I want to expand, go from there. But I, I think everybody should at least it's at least a little bit say that they work with athletes. Thank you to NeuroLens for being a sponsor of our podcast. We have really appreciated having the option of NeuroLens for our patients in our practice. At least two-thirds of people experience the symptoms of eye misalignment, and that number grows as we continue to shift to remote work and learning. The symptoms of headaches, eye strain, dry eyes, and neck pain, eye fatigue, even motion sickness can be extreme. Even small misalignments can cause painful symptoms, and even small prism correction can provide dramatic relief. I love that. Now let's talk about vision therapy. So you mentioned that you still are a little bit involved in that as well. And has that name changed or is that still what we call it? I, uh, I stopped using the word therapy just because athletes don't want to say that they have therapy because they think they're broken. So I started using the words training. And I, I actually said that today too. I had a 30 year old patient that happened to come in and, um, she's been an amblyo her whole life. Um, she was like a plus five in one eye and Plano in the other. And she said, you know, all the docs that I've seen said that, you know, there wasn't a way to, to fix this. And she started looking around online and actually found our website, which I was, I was like, oh my gosh, it actually, you know, people use it. It works. And, um, she was asking about it and we started talking about the trajectory of what we might do. And I, and she said, do you do vision therapy? And that's what I told her. I was like, you, I might accidentally call it training, but yes, we still do that. Um, I don't do as much of it as I probably could. And it's just because my, my time is kind of allocated more towards the concussion patients, but I do have the occasional amblyope. And, um, I just took on a, a 35 prism diopter constant exotrope that was referred to me from one of the pediatric ophthalmologists that we work with that said, um, I really would like to not need surgery on this patient. I think that, I think you could fix this with therapy. And that wow. is just a little shout out to say that sometimes the ophthalmologists really do have our back. And if you don't have someone that you partner with, you know, as far as, as vision therapy goes, if that's something you do look for one, cause they're out there. So you've mentioned concussion a couple of times. Tell us, uh, we don't have a whole lot of time, but tell us a little bit, and it's been in the news a lot lately. Give us yes. a, a little bit of information and, you know, short education on concussion and why it has anything to do with optometry. Right. So I will tell you that the information that's going to be coming out in the next year from the latest concussion census is going to be very different than what's come out previously. And there is a lot of acknowledgement of the visual sequelae and symptoms that happen after a head injury. And so many of them are vergence related and accommodative related 
um, that we can, again, as everything you already learned in school, you can help with because someone that was a, a plus one hyperope that never needed correction, you throw in a head injury and poor accommodative skills, and now they can't function at near and their, their kids, they can't go back to school without flunking exams and missing time out. And, and if they go to a vestibular therapist, which used to be where everybody was sent, they'll pencil push up them to death and never fix it, but they could go to any anybody watching this they could give them glasses and it doesn't always fix it right it's sometimes they need more but a large majority of them that's all they need so we need to be there we need to be present and make sure those patients know that we're there for them wow that's huge i can't wait to see that information as it comes out yes so one of the questions i also wanted to ask you what do you see that you have implemented in the last couple of years give me some ideas of things that have really transformed your practice, bring, uh, like I said, always bring value to your patients that you have been thrilled with? Um, because we were just talking about concussions, um, I'll talk about NeuroLens. And it's not because NeuroLens is just for my concussion patients, but it's because um, I, I love things that empower our um, our field, our optometry, right? Yeah. And there are lots of docs that are comfortable prescribing PRISM for patients. Um, if it's a concussion patient, if it's someone that just has poor virgin skills, some of us are really comfortable with that, but a lot of us are not. Right. So when I originally heard about NeuroLens, I was like, oh, contoured PRISM. I would love to do contoured PRISM because everybody knows most patients have a different foria in the distance than up close. But so then I'd have to pick, do I want to fix this or that? Where a contoured prism, one pair of glasses is all they need. So I went to them and I was like, okay, I want to start selling these lenses. How do I get involved? And they said, well, you have to buy this device. And I was like, I don't want the device. I, I already know how to do it. <laughs> Long story short, um, I ended up getting the device after a lot of, you know, kicking my feet around. And I love the measurements it gives me. I love how fast it is. Do I still do my like super nerd measurements? Yes, most of the time, but they're they're aligning with what NeuroLens gives me. Um, when we first got the device, I said, I'm the only one doing this in the practice because BB is me and I know how to fix it if there's a problem. Um, now, any of our doctors are comfortable putting them behind the device and um, fixing problems that patients didn't know we could fix, like headaches. You know, a lot of people can have chronic headaches, especially if it's worse when they spend a lot of time on the screen and a little bit of just a little bit of alleviating prism can go a long way. Um, you know me, I'll just keep rambling unless you stop me, but, wow. um, let me ask you. So I think that people that listen to this say that sounds really cool, but how does it work? So give us a general idea. You mentioned contour prism, but yes. how do you know, let's go with which patients would be right for NeuroLens and then how it actually is helping them. So let's start there. And okay. then I want you to end with kind of telling us a story about a patient or two that has had a life-changing experience. Okay, perfect. So um, the way that it works is the contoured prism allows you to have more basin up close than in the distance. So what that means is I'm expecting for the patient to have more of a exophoric posture at near. Um, and this is the way I explain it to my patients. I say, we have two eyes that in order to have nice, clear, single vision, they have to point in the same direction. 
And believe it or not, most people's eyes don't naturally do that. Our body has to kind of kick in a little bit of extra help to get them pointed in the right direction. Specifically, there's one of your cranial nerves that does that. So since we're all, you know, nerdy docs, I'll tell you, it's the trigeminal nerve um, that helps tell your eyes where to point. This was tricky for me because, you know, what did we do in school? Like the LR6, SO4. And I was like, trigeminal isn't one of those. Um, the trigeminal nerve is sensory. So it tells your eyes where to point. It's like proprioception. So it tells your eyes where to point. And if that nerve is firing too much all day, it basically heats up. That's the way I explain it to the patients. And it, it fatigues you. Um, and that is coincidentally, unfortunately, the one cranial nerve that innervates the whole scalp. That's the only one that innervates the dura. So if it's flared, it's sometimes causing those headaches. So you give them the prism, um, which then I tell the patients, now instead of your eyes having to do this all day, the prism, which I'll show them a prism bar and say like, see how it makes everything move? It brings the image to your eyes. So it's kind of like if you had to lift a weight all day, it's giving you a spotter to just do a little bit of the work for you. So that's, um, I'm trying to think if, if I answered any of your questions. You did. <laughs> yeah. So you told mm -hmm. us how it works. Now, how do you know which patients this would be right for? Right. So um, there are a couple different strategies. And I'll tell you that if we were doing everything the perfect way that we intend to, which doesn't always happen, um, it's included in our intake survey. Um, they give like a, a five question, um, do you get headaches? Do your eyes feel dry when you're on the computer? Do you get neck and shoulder pain? Things like that. So if those patients basically say yes, um, then the technician should run the test before I see them. Um, it only takes a couple minutes to run. It's really easy. Um, but sometimes when we're busy, they haven't run it. So at that point, I'm just looking for if the patient either complains about fatigue or headaches, or of course, if I see that they have some kind of funky posture, which I will tell you that if you just start doing a regular cover test on people like we're supposed to do, but everybody doesn't, you will be blown away the stuff that people are hiding that, you know, they just have really big compensating ranges there. Um, so sometimes I'll say, well, we need to run the test. Or if someone is a presbyope, that always did really cruddy in a progressive lens. If we think about the BV that goes with that, more plus power pulls the eyes out. So sometimes when they need that extra plus, they just can't compensate for it. So it's also really great for those patients that could never wear a progressive. We are proud to be sponsored by MacuHealth, a triple carotenoid formula that is the only one with mesozeaxanthin, lutein, and zeaxanthin. David and I have been using MacuHealth in our practice for several years. We love it because it's patented with micro-micelle technology. It's clinically proven to restore macular pigment and supported by level one scientific evidence. So we have confidence that it works. Wow, that's good. Okay, so tell me about a patient or two that has had really a, an amazing experience with NeuroLens. Um, I have... I have a few. Um, I'll tell you one story that really resonated with me because NeuroLens is not covered by any vision plan. So it's out of pocket. So we talk about how docs have that tricky, that balance of I'm your doctor, but also I'm selling something. So every time I talk about NeuroLens, I always talk about the fact that it's going to cost a little bit more, but there's a hundred percent guarantee, you know, if you don't do well, and get on my little, my little spiel about basically qualifying the cost, right? 
So I had one patient um, that was a teenage girl that I saw for a concussion that I, long story short, gave her Neuralins. She was great. Um, the day I saw her, she was there with her grandma. Um, about a month later, I saw a, a girl that was my last patient of the day on a Friday. And I was like, okay, 12 year old girl, probably a myope. This is going to be a quick exam. No problem. And my text said, um, she brought a whole chart with her, with the mom. Um, she's had MRIs. She's seen ophthalmologists. She has double vision. I was like, okay, I'm so glad I can help her. But anyway, yep. like going to see her. Um, she's like 10 diopters, um, uh, phoria that she's compensating for. And I was like, I think this is probably the reason that she's having all these symptoms, these headaches, the double it near. Right. Um, and I go into the spiel with the mom about how I think she needs these glasses. And the mom says, Dr. Nanis, you don't have to tell me anymore. You saw her sister about a month ago and she's been wearing the glasses and doing great ever since. So I trust you let's do these for my daughter. And, um, you know, she did great in them, but it was, it was nice to have that, that follow through that after effect that someone does so well with them that the cost, you know, is not always going to be a barrier if they know it'll make a difference. Um, I have several patients that have gone off of medications. I had a girl that worked at my front desk for years that, you know, shame on me. I'd never done her eye exam and she was in her like early twenties. And she said that she's always been on meds for migraines and they were talking about doing Botox injections, um, for her, but they're so expensive. And again, she didn't have a giant for you, but one that I guess she wasn't compensating for well, gave her the neuro lenses. And she came to me after a week and she was like, I haven't had a headache in a week. And I was like, how often do you usually get them? And she was like every day. Wow. You know? And, um, Again, I could tell you so many stories yeah. like this that, oh. it's, and, and anybody can do this. That's yep. the thing. Any of us can do this, but not just anybody, any optometrists, like we can do this. They, they go to headache clinics, yeah. they get pills and we can actually fix it. I love it. I think that, that, you know, when you look at what we do every day, what I love about it, it can get tiring. So I've been in this, uh, David always has to correct me because I lose track of, of days, years, time. <laughs> but a good 28 years, I think now. And what keeps it from getting old is that we truly have the power to change people's lives for the better. We don't just make them see, we continue to do what we do, which changes their lives. And I love that. That's what puts a smile on your face. I see you when you're talking about this. So those of you who are listening and not watching, if you could see Amanda <laughs> smile as she <laughs> talks about these experiences, that's what makes us light up and really feel like it's a day well done, isn't it? Absolutely. It really, really is. And, you know, we, we love our jobs when we know we can impact people that way. And, and it surprises them too. Cause like I said, we could do so much more than so many people realize so many other professions realize. And that's why, you know, going out and talking about sports vision and concussions and yeah. you know, neurolins, things like this, anybody can do this. Any one of you. So Amanda, tell us what you predict for 2023, or maybe just tell us what your expectations are for you and your practice in this upcoming year. There are a lot of things that we've been doing here at our office that have kind of been on autopilot for a long time. You know, I was lucky enough to join this already successful practice that's been here for 52 years now. 
Um, and sometimes when we want to make changes, we don't want to make too big of a change. So we just kind of shine things up a little bit, but I really want to kind of break things down and start some things from scratch and our, our techs, for example, I would love for every doctor to have a scribe that stays with them throughout the whole procedure and things like that, that just improve the patient experience. And, and I think it'll, again, it'll, of course, there's a practice management benefit to that as well, but things that our patients will appreciate and that we'll also appreciate as doctors. All right. Well, we're going to get back together again, at least by the end of the year and see how things are going. But I know it's going to be a fabulous year for you and for me and for all of the, those of you listening. I really think what makes the difference is how much passion we have for changing people's lives for the better. So I would encourage everybody to keep that positive attitude, know that you do make a difference and think about what you can do different 2023 to bring more value to patients. Amanda, thank you so much for being here with me. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks for doing what you do. I'm learning from you every time I pick up a magazine or listen to a podcast from you. Thank you. Thank you.